to the Wild Feather Podcast. I'm Brooke Dunwell, serial entrepreneur, sponge for life, and lover of people. Join me as we uncover the stories of courageous female entrepreneurs, founders, and investors pushing beyond limitless boundaries. Let's explore their creative journeys and pursuits to greatness. We have Petra Whitner joining us today. Petra Whitner is a trained chef and former managing partner of a consulting company. After moving with her family from Europe to the U.S., she set out to solve the ever-looming what's-for-dinner question for her own family and others and founded Ready, Set, Dinner. While working on the solution, the passion to solve her own problem has turned into a burning desire to get better food on people's plates and help improve the food system as a whole. Thanks, Petra, for joining us today. We're so excited to have you on the podcast, and I can't wait to hear your story of how you became a founder and the exciting, fun things that you're doing. Hi, Brooke. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited yeah, for this talk. That's awesome. <laughs> All the way from Europe, right? Yeah, tuning in live <laughs> <laughs> from Vienna, <That's> Austria. <laughs> That's awesome. So you are doing some really cool stuff, and I think it's very valuable and needed, um, especially for busy moms, but for anyone, for that fact, at um, your company right now. So talk to us about what you're doing and how did you get started? Like, How did you become a founder? Yeah, so the simple answer to that is that I became a founder because I couldn't find an existing solution for something that I needed in my own life. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, I then also figured, okay, I do have some parts of the skill set that is needed to bring about the solution, so why not give it a try, so to say. In addition to kind of always... Having, the, having had this idea of maybe trying something for myself in the something past. You. So, so you always had that inkling? Yes, a little bit. Um, and yeah, I had years and years ago already, already did sessions with a very good friend of mine where we drew, you know, all kinds of ideas on, on whiteboards and um, thought of stuff that's needed in the world. Um, but I only I only took the step um, now. Well, now is already two years ago, actually. So it's not so so now anymore. <laughs> time but flies time, when you're starting flies. companies, right? Yeah, exactly. And well, um, you, were, yeah, the, the, okay. you were in project management before that, before this, right? Yeah. So strategy consulting, project management. Um, so uh, the the thinking part of what I'm doing now, I think I had a very good idea of and I had covered. Uh, the doing part is um, is a completely new um, territory for me in, in the journey of being a founder. Yeah. So tell us about your company, Ready, Set, Dinner. Ready, Set, Dinner. Exactly. So what we want to do is um, we really want to create this uh, technical assistant that helps people make home cooking doable on a daily basis and that starts with the question of what even to cook and then it goes over shopping the ingredients that you need and then the actual cooking process um, and uh, the 
I just actually posted a, a comment on LinkedIn today that the one of the good side effects, so to say, of the pandemic is that it has brought back a little bit of a passion for home cooking to people. It has brought up this um, this focus on what we actually eat, what we put in our body every single day, um, the ingredients that we use for cooking, but making it doing it every single day of your life is such a challenge that um, that involves a mix of skills, but also simply you just have to have the time, you have to find the time, you have to put, uh, build it into your daily routine. Mm -hmm. um, and while there is all kinds of solutions out there that try to help, um, that is where I struggled. I didn't find a solution that would make it really fit to my own personal needs. So there is meal kits and then there is um, the, the section in the grocery store where you pick up, you know, certain items and then you can make a meal from it. But there is always the one kid doesn't eat that or you want to follow a certain diet uh, or you want to do all these kinds of things. So you were, you were still left with finding the recipes on your own or, or um, getting newsletters of recipes, but then you still have to figure out what will work for you particularly. And um, that is where I thought, okay, we use technology for so many things to help us with decisions in life. Why not with this very important decision that we have to, um, that we have to come up with every single day? Um, and yeah, this is, this is the starting point where we started. And this is also the current version of, of the service that we have. It works in that way that we ask customers who sign up for a profile of everything that they want to have considered when it comes to the decision of what to cook. So, um, how much time they have for how many people they cook, how much meat they want to cook, if they want to, you know, currently the whole sustainability trend, do you want to incorporate a bit more of vegetarian meals into your meal plan? And then it goes into the details of um, any dietary restrictions that you have, but also the classic uh, family problem of, you know, this month, my kids decide not to eat broccoli anymore. So <laughs> broccoli has to go up of the. Um, so really um, detailing out all this whole framework that typically you have to have kind of in your head. And then our algorithm goes about and does what your head usually needs to do and uh, runs through our database of in-house recipes. So that is a second um, kind of uh, value proposition that we think we want to bring to the table that we have a quality control of the recipes that we're using. Um, and then you will get suggested a range of five to six, seven recipes that will all fit for, for your profile and that are also offering you a nice balance throughout the week that you get some variety that you're not just cooking rice with this rice with that rice with this and, right, and rice right, with another right. thing the whole week so um this is what, what we currently have and then you can build your grocery list from it which should also um help the shopping process and yeah, awesome. uh, yeah we want to we have so many additional things that we want to add on to this to to make 
the, the next steps, the grocery shopping step also easier um, and to incorporate more criteria. So seasonality is a big topic. Uh, we're, we're looking to add kind of to our database that we basically know what's in season in your area. So we can prioritize those recipes and, and things. This is the status and there is a lot more to come, hopefully. Now, is this an app or is it online? It is a web app. Okay. Um, that is a yeah, a decision that we took um, as part of the whole question of, you know, it takes longer to develop the app. You always have to have the two platforms. And so far, we haven't found a big outcry. We need an app. We need an app. Right, so right. We'll, we'll, um, we'll wait for that. Or, or yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go yeah. along with, with that. But it is, so we, we expect people to mainly use it mobile. So we make kind of, all the design and everything it's made so you use it on your phone so it's mobile friendly it's mobile friendly yeah exactly but when you're doing recipes unless you're doing a quick search or whatnot or out and about i would think that if you're planning for your week of menu menus meals then Mm -hmm. you would use the computer i think that's so much easier i don't know yeah the search itself is already a challenge because you need to know what you're searching for before you can even start the search. So you're already a little bit, um, I mean, you can, yeah, you can just start recipe, but then um, you're, you're overwhelmed. And that is why we think also turning this process around can get you new ideas that you typically wouldn't think of. We just filter everything out that doesn't fit to you. And then we just, also show you um, new things. And I believe personally that my background as, so I origin from Europe, I've lived in Asia um, and I've traveled a lot and I've always made it a point in traveling also to to, um, experience the local cuisine. And I've just recently told a friend that from a lot of my travels, I've taken home one ingredient that I hadn't used before in, in my own cooking. Um, and in that way, uh, yeah, we also try to make cooking a way to experience new things, uh, to find, um, find new things that you like, um, try out and experience kind of the world in a, um, in a different way. That's awesome. Maybe culture too. So I love that. That's great. So are you are do you have a team or is it just you so we are a three person team at this point i would not be able to do the technical part of this myself at all so so as you were saying i have a business background um i've worked on it projects and so i kind of have this background of knowing what what is possible but i have I've taught myself a little bit of like creating a website and, and things like that, but um, nothing to the extent of writing an algorithm that can choose a recipe based on right. filters and things. So I do have a, a co-founder who is a technical person. Uh, his name is Nick and he, um, yeah, he is the one who 
develop the whole solution. And this year, um, Vanessa joined our team and she's now helping us on the marketing side. So she's coming oh, nice. from hospitality marketing um, and she's, uh, she's helping us on that end now. That's awesome. So you have subscribers now? Um, yes, but or customers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you're growing. So are you, would you still consider yourself an early stage startup? Are you, did you have to go through the funding world? Well, so I was lucky to have worked in management consulting, which is yeah. a job that pays quite a good salary and, and had some start in capital. Um, on on my end so I could decide um, so I actually asked myself that question of should I go for funding or not already before um, building out the solution so when I just had the concept and I decided with the fact that I have this money available and I'm ready to um, you know risk it so to say um, I I want to go that step by myself first but for several reasons, we will have to um, get external funding to really grow um, the, both the solution, but as, uh, also the customer base. Because as a concept, it's set up to work with scale, right? It, the additional mm -hmm. costs for us will not, the co for an additional subscriber are basically zero, um, but we're not going to charge a lot per subscriber. So it's, it's definitely built for scale. That's one aspect. And the second aspect is that um, we do really want to find a way to make, um, to not make this a subscriber service that's only for, you know, upper middle class people who really pay attention to healthy eating and stuff. We really would like it to be available and accessible to everyone so we will have a, we want to keep our base service free of charge and only charge for the premium service but find ways to um, cooperate with re uh, grocery retailers especially those that are focused on local food um, or, or even the local suppliers themselves um, and basically try to rather get our revenue through the additional value that we're creating for partners like that. So, um, because, yeah, when you help a person basically write their shopping list, they're going to buy more groceries or more targeted groceries and they can buy them from you, so to say, if you're a partner of ours. Mm -hmm. um, and, but again, this, this would all, so we aim to always just really for every, kind of keep our fees to a small percentage and, and have it as a scaling business model. So we will sooner or later have to go to through the through funding. Fun of funding fundraising. <laughs> what I like about your business strategy is that you have a long term vision and and it's you have multiple things and services that you want to add on as you continue to grow right mm -hmm. so i think some people just think about okay like the nugget but you're starting with the nugget but you have plans to grow in phases would you say yeah i mean did i would you, did, 
morph did it morph into that did you start with that or did you start it and then say well oh, this we could do this and then we mm -hmm. could do this and then we could do that or did you have the grand vision when you started so uh i would say both um okay. so i right away i had a um a vision for really this uh assistant for for each individual person, how, how that would look and how the ideal scenario for that would be. This whole part with um, the local shopping, more sustainable shopping part and, and, and really being also the tool for, um, for those retailers focused on that, that kind of evolved. Um, and it also of course, the last one and a half years impacted me a lot. And because I was already very much into this topic, I educated myself more on, on you know, the problems of the current food system. And, and I, I got more conscious about things like that I'm going shopping in my Florida grocery store and I only get produce from California, which is somehow... This is there is something wrong with that in in general, and um, and so this second idea of using basically our service to also increase this consciousness for local shopping and also making it easier because we as a service can integrate um, this as your criteria. So if you're our customer and you tell us, this is what I want to focus on, um, then we can help you focus on that by, by not only giving you recipes, but then also helping your shopping behavior, so to say. So in the same way as we help you with your cooking behavior, fulfill more your goals, we could also help the shopping behavior fulfill more the goals. Um, so I would say it's both for word pivoting is not um <laughs> not for nothing you know very common <laughs> um topic in the in the startup world so the, there is just always a little bit of you know finding finding um new things of course also in the past year the whole search in online grocery shopping has somehow had an influence on us which was not so high on our agenda previously um but yeah this I would say the general vision of just putting more healthier home cooked meals on people's tables and uniting people around the dinner table more is is still the same. Maybe the 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 how to best achieve this would also um, might change over time. Um, but this this vision is is kind of the same, and it is good and bad. I have to say because it. It is very difficult for me to get down to that nugget um, and fo focus on that and and like work on that and and sell that nugget when I know I want it to be you know that big, but I just I can't afford to build it that big. I have to I can build it like that and then I can I can grow it. So um, yeah. That's one step at a time, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So how did you create all the recipes? Um, so the, the benefit that I have there is that I'm originally a trained chef. Uh -huh. I, um, I never worked as a chef, but I, um, 
I have, so to say, that theoretical knowledge of cooking, you know, creating a meal, so to say. Um, and I actually think it's a benefit that I'm only a home cook because I also know the limitations of home cooks very well. So I've never, you know, practiced the chopping in the way that a chef has. And it takes me as long <laughs> as, as everyone else at home. So I basically... Um, did a combination of so we want our recipes to be both the classics that everyone wants to eat every now and then and some new things new twists on 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 things um so i basically i started out with a little bit of a map of you know what would be classics and then i tried to um create vari uh, variants of it and this is also how we're um we're trying to grow the database continuously um so i wouldn't i don't want to claim that i am creating whole all those recipes mm -hmm. i am taking as i said classic recipes i'm taking things that are out there that everyone cooks all the time um, and I'm what I'm trying to do is really trim it down to the 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 those steps and those ingredients that really make make up the meal um, because that's one of the things with online recipes sometimes you have a list of five very special ingredients added there that change the flavor profile like really really minor but you've when you start chopping for it or when you start cooking, you feel it's unmanageable because it, it gets kind of so much. So that's one uh, one thing that, I, that I'm looking out for when kind of creating the recipe or, or, or changing it. Um, and the, uh, the other part is that I, I'm trying to be very consistent in um, the instructions for the recipes and things so that when someone gets used to using our recipe descriptions, it becomes ever more easy to follow them um, because that is also one of the challenges that I, I found myself when using recipes from the wide range on the internet that um, some can be very precise and you kind of have to learn to, to follow um, a certain person, so to say. So, um, yeah, that's that kind of answers it. And uh, for expansion, we are actually looking into making more use of what we're calling now flexible recipes, where we basically create a, um, a blueprint of a recipe. And then it's very, you can exchange uh, all kinds of ingredients with each other. You will have, you have a couple of different sauces to, to choose from so that it works best for, or so that it works for a lot of people um, that you can adapt it to stuff that you have available um, at home, or again, that is in season, for example. And um, that allows us to qu to quickly expand the database without having to create um, a completely new recipe um, every time over, so to say. So. so you're simplifying everything, it sounds like, to make everyone's life easier. That is the main uh, idea behind it, yeah. yes. Yeah. So from a founder's perspective, what have been some of your obstacles or challenges? 
Um, so definitely the the one challenge that probably every so I say I, I have a technical co-founder and he is a fantastic technical co-founder, but he is really very focused on the technical side. And when it comes to all business-related decisions, it is it is all on me, so to say. It's partially because I want it that way, but partially also because so he's a young person, very technical person. He's very far away from our target audience, and I just have the better insights into what what is needed there. Um, and that is, it's very good and effective sometimes because when I think back in my previous career, how long decisions took and how many people you had to convince to get one thing done, I, I just wake up in the morning and I have a new idea and I implement it in the afternoon and it's done, so to say. Um, but then, uh, yeah, you the negative side, of course, of that is you, you, it's very hard to find a good sparring partner um, because it would need to be a person that's very close um, but, uh, and that is hard to find outside of the company because even my partner, my husband, I mean, we talk every day, but he can never, unless he really works with me, he can never be as close um, as to then be there. And when I, uh, when I try to tell someone outside kind of the challenges I'm facing and I want to talk it through, um, I am already by by me kind of telling the problem, I'm already biasing a little bit, uh, you know, where, where it is. So finding really objective feedback um, is, is very difficult. And uh, so that definitely is, is one challenge. And I think the second big area that I find that I personally find challenging, that is maybe um, a personality thing um, that other people ha have less of a problem with. I struggle a lot with the fact that because especially in this startup world, it's it's all about, um, you know, showing that you're growing, showing that you're successful, showing that you're on the right path, showing because that 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 influences everything. If other customers want your product, new customers want it. If uh, investors see that your product is wanted, they want to invest in you. If employees have the feeling that um, this is a, a up-and-coming company, they want to work for you. Uh, so you're constantly, ev everything that's happening in your company, you're trying to spin it into a sales story and, and you're constantly selling everything that's happening. It can have more of a negative effect when you, you know, you just state also the problems that, that you're facing or there is very little talk about problems. There is only talk about achievements and, right. and things that went are you well. And are you afraid if you put out the obstacles into the universe that you're going to get negative back? Or are you just always focus on the positive because others relate to the positives and they only want to hear the positives and you're trying to sell all the time yeah i feel i i feel anxious not to sell and i feel 
um, uh, the, the, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's a similar phenomenon as is often described in the general, also in the social media world for, for private lives, right? Where, um, people get more and more, you see, Everyone, I don't know when it's about when it's in, in the family uh, arena. Everyone has happy children, happy family life. Oh, so uh, it's a facade, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's and as I said, maybe I'm I'm wrong at this, but from being or getting more and more immersed in this startup culture. All I am seeing is everything, everyone is successful, everything is going oh, well with okay. every, everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I don't feel like I can say, oh, look, we're struggling with this and, and we're not. Uh, uh, you just haven't found the right community. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find the right community. Uh, I can. I have some communities that I can plug in or I can send you if you want to connect with others. But um, yeah, so basically, let me make sure I understand. So your biggest challenge is one, being a solo founder. I Let's just put the technical guy aside. So being a solo founder and not having someone to bounce ideas off of, to talk things through, to be objective and share this journey, whether it's ups and downs or just your thoughts and any challenges or whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. You're like not the only solo founder that I have spoken to that has the same exact problem. I think it's not a problem. It's just a different journey. And it some being a founder is a very lonely road, right? It's lonely. Nobody gets it. Your family's supportive. But they don't really understand like what you're going through and the things that you're doing. It's all your ideas you have all of the um, grit and you get up and have the fight each day to face all of these things, right? It would be nice to have somebody that's in it with you, right? That's like, oh man. So I think that's what you're saying is your biggest challenge, right? That or one of your one yes, of your obstacles. That is yeah. definitely one of the big yeah. challenges. And I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it's bigger or equally big as because uh, co-founder has its completely different challenges. Sure. And um, there is a lot of, you, you see and you hear, so um, I'm part of a co-working space and that's a great way to share journeys with others. And um, You need a support yeah. system. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But, yeah. And, and through, through, yeah, other environments, I see that co-founders have their own challenges and, and that can be, that can break certain things as well. So I've recently, um, a, a fellow founder told me a story of having a co-founder for 10 years and it, it worked really well and the company was successful. But he said, basically, they were really good friends first, but for the time they were co-founders, the friendship somehow kind of moved in the background because the only relationship that they it was it was not possible to keep kind of both relationships um not alive but like at the same at the same level um 
so that these are all also challenges that as that a solo founder doesn't have to face you don't have to have awkward conversations with a very good friend of yours that you disagree with uh on, on things so it it has its, its pros, and pros and cons if there if there is um and i've heard is also uh, from 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 other solo founders that this is just a challenge um and yeah, i, I I'm not, I don't, I guess I don't look at it as a challenge. Like it, I think it just becomes a lonely road and sometimes you just need a support system mm -hmm. to be there to like bounce your ideas, to be supportive, which is why I created the wild feather in the first mm -hmm. place for all of the female founders out there that are going through whatever phase they're going through because somebody else can relate. Right. Mm -hmm. And every founder has a different journey in overcoming obstacles or facing something that they didn't know they were going to face, or maybe they have some great tips that they've learned that are helpful for others. And that's kind of like the purpose. So I think, I think being a founder is hard. It's very hard. And being, whether you're a solo founder or a set of co-founders or then you've got your three co-founders whatever type of founding team you have it's going to be challenges there are going to be challenges but um you just need i think you just need a good support system mm -hmm. right yeah i would i would definitely um say this to be true because yeah yeah every time i talk to people in, in similar situations um yeah there is always I always feel better after it, no matter what, <laughs> what the situation is yeah. I'm in. Um, and, and it's maybe also that um, I and, and other solo founders need to make a stronger effort to, to make this part because it's, it feels like, uh, while, you know, while you're just chatting with another co-founder, you could be working on your product or on your marketing campaign, but viewing this chatting as as real part of the work as as uh, um yeah mm -hmm. part of i know that you mentioned too that you feel like you have to be a salesperson all day every day yes uh so is that what you were were you tapping into that thought whenever you were talking about the whole well i guess basically what you were talking about on social media is everything always looks fluffy and gold and it looks like every company has succeeded when reality is is that you don't feel like other companies are going through the grind like you're going through the grind like not every single company is going to be that over the what do they call it one night like extremely successful success. yeah there you go over i'm like <laughs> my brain's not functioning overnight success right uh so i think we all have to have a dose of realistic yeah. expectations yeah. but i guarantee you they just covered up their challenges or their journeys i mean yeah i, I mean, got I really lucky yeah i think a part of part of why that is 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 this classic confirmation bias that you only start hearing stories um of companies, startups in particular, um, once they've already, you know, 
been over at least one of the big humps, say fundraising, right? You, you, you hear news constantly about this company fundraising, this company raising this amount, this amount. You never hear this company did not raise a million that they wanted. Because <laughs> there would be way too many stories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get the feeling that everyone else gets the funding they need or gets the um, marketing boost uh, that they need or whatever. Um, and, and you don't. So that's definitely uh, a big part of it. And there's probably very little to be done about it, but more diving into communities and, and kind of news, so to say, like the Wild Feather podcast and, and things that talk about the journey more than the the steps, success the um, <laughs> and things like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. So being a salesperson all day, every day, Tell us what that's like. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, my thought on that is that I don't like sales. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that's um, sales has just always been an element. So I, I worked in, in management consulting and, and I was a managing partner of the company. So sales was part of my, my job description before too, but it was always the part that was least natural for me that required the most effort uh, that I needed to prepare for the most that I would always put aside <laughs> when I could work on something more interesting and fun for me. And so, um, yeah, and so that's why maybe that's also why I am. It, it it's so visible to me in this journey. Maybe someone else who is who is more natural in this process doesn't even view it as such a uh, such a big thing or such an such an extra such a task right. or such an effort. Um, but uh, yeah, that's why I said initially. While I, I think that this solo founder problem is probably shared by most solo founders, this being the salesperson problem depends a bit on, on what type of, of personality um, you are, because some people actually want to do exactly that and they thrive in, in, in doing that. And I, I, I thrive in thinking up new features for um, that we could offer our customers, but I, I don't thrive in yeah, calling up partners and trying to sell them like how our partnership could benefit them uh, or trying to talk up investors and, and, and um, getting them interested in investing in our company. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It feels like when you're in a startup and you're going through the early stages, it feels like you're on all the time, right? Like you can't ever turn the the face of the company off, you know, unless you're like behind closed doors <laughs> and you just shut the world off for a bit and focus on your thoughts and your to-dos. But uh, I remember when we were going through all of ours and anytime we were out in public and if somebody asked us a question, what do you do? And then it leads to this whole entire, like you can't, Sometimes you just want to say, I do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I just sit and watch TV all day. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Either that or none, yeah, none your business. Like, seriously. 
Oh, goodness. Um, that's funny. So what advice would you give, or do you have any advice that you would give to others? And that, that or maybe you'd be thinking about starting a company or that are on their journey? Like, what are some takeaways that you've had? So uh, the, the one takeaway goes a bit back to um, what I said before about this vision versus what you can actually do uh, uh, topic, which if I would do it again, I would be, I would try to even more. So you always get this advice. It's a general startup advice, you know, make your MVP very small, start very small and iterate and iterate. And, um, you know, don't, invest a lot in, in, in a solution, just try and, and go out into the market. And, and basically uh, that this whole marketing topic should be even, which sounds weird, but should be, should come before the product even. Um, and as looking back, especially in, if it's more this classic, uh, or classic, if it's really the startup concept rather than a small business concept, I can only um, underline how I found that this is very, very true, and that I would take, I would, I would take an even stronger effort in trying to do that. And I, looking back at what what we've done and what I've done, I could do way more to 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 start way smaller start really focusing on, on kind of marketing first, start talking to the first 50 people and, and really get just 50 people interested in this, uh, in the smallest, smallest solution and then go on and, and, um, and take the next 200 people into a little bit bigger solution um, and so on. Because, yeah, it just, it takes a lot of effort to, to create the solution. And it is, I still... Uh, uh, would believe or hope that when you create a good product, you will also get customers, but nothing sells without marketing. And um, marketing is just an expensive, uh, and exp it, it, is, it is the worst, so to say, expense, because it's just an expense and it's out the door if you're... Um, if you don't um, use it wisely, so to say. Right. And well, there's not a clear cut strategy either, right? Yeah. You could approach it in so many different ways and you don't know what, what works until you throw some ham and eggs at the wall and see what sticks. See what happens, exactly. Because <laughs> and how much money to spend. It's like the biggest mystery of my, I, yeah. I, yeah. It, it's really weird sometimes you would think like okay this message is for sure gonna convince people but then nothing and then something else happens and you're like why how why did we suddenly have signups uh, we didn't even do anything or um something like that yeah so totally and so um and so th this is why yeah especially especially in consumer um products or services where you need to reach like a certain mass of people where it's not you're not going to find your five big clients and then you're covered but you need like the mass people it's 
it the marketing is so much part of the product and that is one thing that i think i should have done way way more earlier right away while even while there was nothing there even while i was just working on it i could have already started to talk about what i'm working on and get people interested and get get some buzz going um just send out some recipes that i have and just get people interested so that once you do then have a product, you already have people to talk to and you, yeah, you have this, this runway already um, happening. Of course, there is always, uh, you have to balance your, your resources. But yeah, if I have to give this one advice there, I would say right from the start, balance the resources between product and marketing rather than product development and then starting marketing. So that's that's one very, um, that is one thing that I would definitely do over, I guess, or do differently if I if I'd start out again. Um, the, the worst part about that is that you do receive this advice all the time, but it's it only becomes clear to you or at least to me, maybe others are, are better at uh, listening to advice. <laughs> but um, really, the, how clear it came to me is only in retrospect rather than, than along the journey. Um, so that that is one, I think, very big topic. Um, the, the other topic is that everything takes longer than you think it will take. Everything. There is nothing <laughs> that happens faster than you think and there is nothing that happens in a time that you think it will take it um so just be mentally prepared to um i have now started to do this for myself to set myself certain goals kind of okay if this is not achieved by then then i will make whatever this or that change but um, which I think makes sense. Um, but and so it, it also makes sense, you know, going into it, you can say, OK, I want to see for uh, within the first couple of months if I can, for example, get people interested into this topic at all. And if not, then I'll, I'll stop. But um, something like uh, plans you know by by this time you want to have this or when you try to make you know certain calculations in your head okay this will approximately take this time always add on double the time <laughs> and then you're somewhere in the realistic uh sphere of realistic things so mm -hmm. that's um i don't know if it, that's really advice or or a word of caution or I, I just think it's important to know that going in. So right. because making the decision, it is really unless, uh, well, no, in general, it's not after a year that anything will, you know, will really be for certain. You can have certain goals achieved after a year, but it, it only still is the start of the journey. So you really... Um, have to if you want to start with it and again this is also advice that you hear constantly but it is also only becoming clear to me now when i just um 
said at the beginning, now I'm doing this, it, it still feels to me like I just started, but I'm already in this for more than two years. So, um, yeah, that's, yeah. I uh, think that's good advice. And I also think that's very good air to caution because it's very, very true. The only thing that goes fast is money. <laughs> Out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your motivation? Um, what keeps you motivated? Yeah, so it, that has actually, I would say, shifted a little bit probably. Um, so as I said, when I started out, one um, part of my motivation was that I always was curious about maybe trying something on my own. Um, and then also uh, this aspect of really solving this this problem that I had myself. So I really... At some point, I was really like, okay, if I only if I only built it for myself, then okay, I, I just have I just have this tool for the rest of my life, and that's good. Um, but I love it. <laughs> but now, with uh, as as I already said, that the this whole topic of healthy eating, sustainable agriculture, it goes that far, like that broad, right? Has has become has has been put in, in more focus and also in my own personal focus. So I've, I would say I've been reasonably um, interested in, you know, eating local food and, and gen and the general sustainability aspect of, of living, but this awareness for um, how with your own uh, shopping, eating and cooking uh, behavior, you can actually influence so much um, in, in terms of, sustainability um that has that has been put into much more focus for me and that that is for me now the the one of the main topics together with this real with this vision of really making family meals um yeah basically the the norm and and really uh reaping all all the benefits that come with it and so the motivation comes more through the topics that i'm that i'm working on and um it's because it's eat it's related to eating it it's it's in my mind all, like the the whole vision and the whole topic is in my mind every single day as well when i sit around the dinner table with my own family right so it's so close to um to my daily life so it's just everything is so connected um and that's and that's then there is always a new idea coming out of that so i can't even uh, how to say like stop thinking about it and in, in a good way right not not in the negative like it's it's leaning heavy on me but it's and um that's what's my mo main motivation, at, at least right. now or at the moment, where I, I wouldn't even know what else I would be working on. I, I couldn't imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, in life? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know that's, it, if you don't. That's, that's a very big one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so nonchalant, but, 
Oh, it's it's very heavy though. I I <laughs> you don't you don't feel you don't need to feel pressured to answer. It if you don't answer. <laughs> no, I mean I I um, yeah I I think probably what is the thing that also you know makes me do do things in everyday life is is kind of this desire to be have a positive impact on on people but that's that sounds bigger than it is it's just the little things you know um being remembered as someone who who has who has helped out at one small occasion or something that's um yeah yeah so how can we help you yeah, so we always need people using um, our solution, uh, trying it out, giving us feedback. Very, very important. Um, so it's the the base version, as I said, is free to use, um, and uh, yeah, we are we have very open channels of communication. So whatever people feel comfortable with, we want to hear back. We want to uh, you know hear what people would would need, would, um, would want how, how they can use it, feel like they can use it. Um, and the second uh, kind of community aspect or, or aspect that we're currently also looking for is we want to find good ways um, to connect to everyone that is involved in the uh, production and and sale of, of food and we want to find ways to as i said before to build our solution into that around that um to make this whole process of local uh shopping um local food and so on uh, a reality so we are looking to connect with everyone that has somehow so we're also now starting to connect with um, people who are trying um, to to encourage people to garden more, for example. So we want to, you know, like help. So when you have your own, okay, garden. Uh, I've yep. got some intros for you. But so basically, you are wanting. Well, first of all, everyone that can sign up can go to where do they find you? ReadySetDinner.com. So okay. As the words are ready, set, ready, set dinner, dinner. Com. Easy enough. One, and are um, you on Instagram or? Uh, yes, we are. Um, probably the best starting point, rather than now me um, spreading the handles, is the website, and then we have. And then they can uh, go from there. We have okay. the, the all the social links there. Um, when okay. people are signed up, uh, we also send, you know, and. Uh, form of a newsletter. So we do send the weekly meal plan also through email if people prefer to receive it that way. So you don't have to log back into the app, for example, the web app. Um, and we also send, you know, tips on at the moment we're working on this this bigger piece around how to increase uh, how to include sustainability into your shopping, cooking and eating life. Um, as I as I mentioned before, since this is like a very uh, important topic to us now and um, yeah, this is uh, so. All those emails are going out from my personal email account, and I'm always happy for direct, um, direct back. answers, e- emails back, and uh, chatting to people. Yeah, who find the solution useful, who wish for 
new things, uh, new aspects. Um, And then for the partner situation or for the intros to um, the food chain. So are you wanting intros to anyone that's within the food chain? Like, do you want distributors and manufacturers? Are you wanting pure whole foods? Are you wanting grocery stores? Are you wanting everything? You mentioned (laughs) garden people. So I I got that. But where I'm like greenhouse people yes so people. the idea is really um we're very uh excited about the idea of also shortening the food supply chain right mm-hmm. so the that's why we want to go even further back um and and even if it's not a shortened supply chain um i have the strong belief that we can also improve the whole food supply chain and, and for example, reduce the, the waste along that aspect when we bring the consumer demand closer to the production, um, even if there is a retailer in between. But this whole, um, on the one hand, for example, knowing what is currently growing and what is going to be ready and produced can um, be an impact and we could make people aware of, you know, buy those things now and cook those things with it or the other way around um, where, you know, we see certain demand or we, yeah, we can, I don't want to say steer demand because um, it's not, uh, we don't want to influence people in a way that they don't want to, but I think the, 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 problem that has occurred with also this huge availability of all kinds of different recipes and whatnot is that people sometimes have this feeling that they need to make something super special or need to make something very particular when all they really need and want is a good meal that is made with fresh ingredients and it's actually not that important if i eat carrots today and uh, cabbage next week uh, as long it it would be better um for me or for for the customer that i eat whatever is fresh uh, right now and so this this is the whole idea why we were really interested in talking to the whole food supply chain and seeing where there is a way to benefit both sides kind of to bring this. So So we have kind of the consumer demand side and we think there is a big benefit in in bringing that closer together. Okay. So anyone, any company or anyone within companies within the food supply chain? Yes. Okay. (laughs) As broad as that. Um, Yeah. That's really broad, but that's okay. You can start there, right? (laughs) And dwindle it down. Okay, I would think co-ops would be a great. Yeah, so we're we're starting to more systematically. We've started conversations with individual ones, co-ops and CSAs, um, as one of our um, main target group. Where we're we're starting to more systematically kind of reach out to them and and talk to them about exactly that, like combining mm-hmm. basically uh, our offering with their offering and. Um, the one thing about yeah. co-ops are in certain regions though, or in certain towns. Is there a certain area, geographic area that you're focused on right now or does that matter? So um, 
Florida or more particular South Florida is a natural kind of starting point because where I am physically located there, but <laughs> we are a remote team. So our uh, our marketing person, she's actually in in the in the Colorado area. So we have kind of a second hub there, and we've started a partnership with Market Wagon. They are basically an online um, an online farmers market, um, and we've started that partnership in their Chicago area. So we have a little bit those. Um, hubs you could say where um you know we already have presence is the wrong word because we don't have physical presences but right. a, a bit of a um a starting point okay but other than that um yeah there is not um so the u.s market is 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 i mean is is our focus focus okay yeah. awesome well, we will support you in however we can and um, try to get some intros to you. And everyone go sign up right now. It's free. That's like a no-brainer. And I am certain that every single one of our listeners has had the situation of, I have no idea what to fix for dinner. Okay. Thought in their mind. I know. I have about a gazillion times. Um, so I think it's fantastic what you're doing and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I wait am. to see. I love to talk happens. about it. So thanks for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to do like a follow-up <laughs> and see what happens as you morph over the y next year. You know, mm -hmm. I think that would be fun. Um, well, I really, really, really appreciate your time and it's been fantastic talking to you and I hope you have a great evening and I will be in touch soon. Okay, sounds great. Yeah, thanks again for having me. And I think it's a really cool concept of what you're doing with the Wildfire. So, well, thanks. I appreciate it. Dive into the community more. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good um, afternoon, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Take, Take care. Thank you for listening to The Wild Feather. Be authentic, be limitless, and love yourself. Mm -hmm.